It's Simmer's Morning Skate, a podcast for the hockey news. I'm Rob Simpson, a.k.a. Simmer. Mildly to wildly unpredictable seems to sum up every recent season for the Calgary Flames, but it applies to this one maybe more than ever. Most unusual, in late November, head coach Bill Peters resigned under pressure amid allegations of racial slurs and physical abuse of players in previous jobs. He was replaced by assistant coach Jeff Ward on an interim basis. Wardo had led the team to a 14-6-1 record since taking over, heading into this morning skate conversation with Flames general manager Brad Treleving. Brad's chronology, a British Columbia native, played juniors out west, pro hockey in the ECHL with a little taste of the A and the old IHL. In 1996, he helped launch the Western Professional Hockey League in the U.S., merged it with the modern version of the Central Hockey League five years later, was president of the CHL, later joined the hockey management staff in Phoenix with the Coyotes, and in the spring of 2014 was named general manager of the Calgary Flames. Many have been known to call Brad Treleving Tree. Everything's on the table, right, Brad? Everything's on the table. Everything? Everything? Everything. Everything. Uh, reflect back on the whole Bill Peters thing from your perspective, because I've heard nothing but wonderful compliments about the way you handled it. Well, it was a real difficult situation. Um, you know, you, I hope nobody ever has to go through that again. So you felt for everybody on all sides. It was such a shock. I mean, when we look back at it now, and it seems like that's such a long time ago, but we're in the middle of a game in Pittsburgh, and... Um, our PR people come to me and say, Listen, you know, this is what's going on or what's out there. So it was chaotic. It's probably the best way I can uh, describe it, Rob. Um, and it was just difficult. Like I said, it was a difficult situation for a whole lot of people. And, uh, you know, but we, I, I applaud the, our group, you know, on top of it all. We had, we had been going through a skid at that time. I think we had lost four, five, six games in a row. Um, so you've got the emotion of that, and then all of a sudden this, this situation happens, and I, I really applaud how our guys just handled it. Like I said, there was chaos. There was lots of noise around the team. Um, you know, Jeff and the rest of the coaching staff sort of bunkered in with the players, and, and we were able to get through it. You know, I'm... I'm proud of how the guys were able to move forward as we sit here now seven coaching changes in the national hockey league that was the mo most unusual was that like kind of the weirdest situation you've been involved in in hockey in 20 plus years yeah it was unique um it was certainly unique and uh you've probably seen some crazy stuff like off ice on ice when you're running the western yeah. professional hockey league <laughs> we had some you know back in the wild west days there was but but this was you know this is just different because it was um you know you're dealing with some real sensitive subject matter some real serious subject matter um it's emotional um you know you're trying to you know you're trying to piece everything together and 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 so on and so forth so it was it was difficult um but it was chaotic no question and uh um you know hopefully as i said earlier hopefully nobody has to deal with that again well if it means anything to you i love wardo worked with him in boston he's a busy guy with four kids but uh likable and effective and has a cup yeah, and you know what he had, Rob, is I think coming in is he had a benefit of being here for a year and a half and and really 
a big part of his job was was just the individual work with the players. So there was a real good relationship with with the players and Jeff. They all, you know, they're all they were all fans of Jeff, and there was, there was a strong relationship. Um, he's a teacher by trade, and you can see that with him. He's real steady at the wheel. You know, there's a real steadiness to him, and. Uh, but I think it, you know it wasn't like you, there's a change made and somebody comes from the outside. Yep. He he was embedded and he was uh, he had relationship with the guys. They they all thought a lot of him. And and you're right, he's got you know this is his first time as an NHL head coach. But you know he's been at this a long time, been in the league a long time, has seen seen it all. Um, and I think just his his calm his calm approach and his real you know win lose or draw the next day he's steady at the wheel and there's a real sta- he's a real stabilizer and and so i think that served him and us well you gonna give him a deal before the season's up or wait and see or what uh, by the way his agent's like sitting 10 rows yeah. below us so he wants he's very unique because he got his ears open now <laughs> i see him leaning into it um we're just you know as i said to jeff at, at the time you know our goal is just is is obviously get to the playoffs and that's our focus right now is not uh, anything more than that is you know, um, we've got a lot of hockey in front of us here the second half, but that's that's what we're focused on right now. But is there a psychological thing to the players, interim or non-interim? Do you think it matters? I don't think it matters. I think the player, like I said, the players got a good relationship with Jeff. Um, they've got a job to do each and every night, and we don't approach it that way. It's not like, well, this is an interim coach. This is this is their coach. He's in charge, and. And it's not just one guy. You look at you know the support of Ryan Huska and Martin Jelena, and we brought Ray Edwards, who was with, um, has been with the organization for five years in, in player development, so he's got a good relationship with the players. You know, Jordan Siglet, Jamie Pringle. It's a it's a it's a it's a big staff that uh, works well together. So uh, I'm I'm comfortable with where, with how the situation sits today. I, I might want to argue with you here. Okay. So let's make Matt Kachuk player one. And let's make Zach Cassian player two, okay? Uh, player one hits player two on a couple of occasions. One time it's, it's a, I feel, a targeted headshot. Nothing comes of that. Player two gets suspended for an aggressor uh, penalty, which I'm not sure the last time we've seen that happen where a fight starting. Because uh, there is some, I don't know if fans realize, there's instigator, mm-hmm. and then there's aggressor, which is another level above that, which is what's, what Cassian went through. Your thoughts, if you want to take the bias viewpoint first? Well, no, I won't take a bias viewpoint. I'll just take the reality viewpoint, uh, which there's no targeted headshot. Uh, the league is very... Um, you don't think there's a, a blow to the head on the first check? No, the league is, the league is very hard on shots to the head so they looked at the incident and no penalty called on the play and there was no supplemental discipline so um, I would I would I would disagree with you there and like I said I the this is escalated with all the work I'm not a big guy for talking and yipping and yapping we've got we've got important games tonight in Toronto and then Ottawa and then we got another one before the break or after the break against St. Louis so um, it was two guys playing hard um, I can tell you here. All I can tell you here is we, Matthew Kachuk is a, you know, the only, out of everything, what's bothered me is some of the, um, some of the crap that gets said. Language. Of, well, just some of the crap of talking about Matthew. You know, this is a guy who, last I checked, was an all-star. He's one of our, one of our maybe I haven't looked today, but I think he's our leading scorer. Um, 
he's unique and there's very few players like him that can impact a game in so many ways um, and he is a critical important player for us and so um, I will I will back Matthew to the end of the end of the earth and our team will and um, so my biggest thing is through this whole this whole situation is some of the crap that gets spewed about Matthew um, when you're talking about a real top end player um, who and and yeah does he cause you're absolutely right he causes problems that's why people, you know you hate him if you're playing against him but there's not one person or one manager or one coach that wouldn't want him on their team so uh, we're we're lucky to have him and and uh, we've got his back um, back to looking at it as player one and player two, and look at player two, Zach Cassian. Is this just a sign of the way the game has changed and how the attitude has changed towards fighting and physicality and, and maybe enforcement, so to speak, if you, for lack of a better term, on the ice? In other words, all penalties and all extra you know, stuff is now handled in the boardroom. As We're both from a, an era where, I mean, we grew up in leagues where fighting sold. Mm-hmm. And then there was a time where in the National Hockey League fighting sold. That's gone now. Is this just the next step to, you know, the aggressor penalty and a suspension? Or is that, does, do you find that? Well, no, I'm not, and again, I'm not going to comment on players. I, I, I'm not a big fan of commenting on players that aren't my no, players. Just, you know? the, just the whole yeah. kind of the concept of where we are as a league in terms of the physicality and also maybe the kind of answering the bell on the ice Yeah, well, in general. That, yeah, to that point, again, the penalty that the player was suspended for is an aggressor penalty. Like, yep. It was when one player doesn't fight back. We had a player suspended for a, a forearm shiver this year. Melan Lucic got two games for it. Yep. Um, and I'm not a... Like I said, we're talking... This isn't... Um, Matthew Kachuk answered the bell. I think we, we scored in the power play that was given and won the game. And again, you're talking about a player who's an all-star player, plays hard. Um, you know, this this whole idea that he owes something to player two, we'll call him. As you, um, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. We've got guys that can handle that part of the game and are apt at it. We need Matthew Kachuk playing on the ice where he's very, very valuable. Um, but I still think there's there's honor in the game, and I think there's still um, <clears throat> if you're if you're if you're saying to me, Rob, players still deal with situations on the ice, you know, um, and look and, and and for lack of a better term, police themselves. But certainly, when it gets to a certain level and the league's got to get involved, that's what they're there for. So um, I'll just leave it at that. And like I said, we'll we'll. Um, Obviously, the the rivalry or the Battle of Alberta has been sparked again, and but we've got a lot of work to do before we worry about getting another game against them. Yeah, you had a great game against them last November in your building, by the way. The the Battle of Alberta was was rocking and rolling. I think it was end of November uh, last year. It was a good one. All right, six foot four, two hundred and twenty five pound defenseman. That's what you're listed as here. Really? Yeah. Um, a little heavy. What? <laughs> Which uh, which stood out most for you? Winston Salem Thunderbirds, Greensboro Monarchs, Columbus Chill, Louisville Icehawks, Charlotte Checkers. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say there? Which what 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 what, what, what are you? Some a blur, Rob. <laughs> um, you have a fondest memory of well, Columbus. Probably is the most fondest of memories. Columbus? I spent the most time there, and and uh, and you know, a good group of guys, and you know, there was some. There were some Wild West days back then, but I ended up meeting my wife in Columbus, and, uh, you know, so that was, 
that probably counts for something. And yeah. uh, but lots of lots of good times down there. And like I said, it was a, a uh, you know it wasn't what you would call a uh, storied career. Um, but uh, <laughs> how many how many fighting majors? I'm not sure, but we I had some fun along the way. We got to see a lot of different spots and uh, and uh, but Columbus is you know probably the, the city that stands out the most for a the time I spent there and then obviously like I said meeting my wife there and we go back like she's not right from Columbus but just farming community outside there so we get back there every once in a while and people should know we're not talking about Columbus Ohio are we yeah we are oh we are talking about Columbus. I thought this was maybe like one of those Columbus somewhere in one of the Carolinas this no, is the actual Columbus, Columbus Ohio. Ohio yeah 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 because um, the rest of these places are in yeah, Dixie. The rest of these are in Dixie, buddy. I've been to all 50 states. Well, you didn't so. do a lot of research for this, did you? Well, I maybe I just didn't realize that that was the Columbus. That's, That's pretty good. Okay. Um, we could do probably three Simmers morning skates with you, Brad, because you talk about your CHL and your WPHL and all the stuff you've done before this. But it, we're not. We don't have time. You got to go. Yeah. So one last thing. I knew Bob Snow very well in the press box in Boston, and um, used to have delightful energetic hockey conversations about him and his son and I, I I'm sure I heard about Bob a couple few years ago and was bummed out then for totally forgot about it just saw a hockey night in Canada thing about Chris his son who also has ALS and and reheard about Bob passing away and I was like bummed out all over again um, but there seems to be a breakthrough development in terms of, of Chris treating what is considered familia Familiar, I don't know how to say the word. It runs in the family ALS. And is that true? And, and here's a new challenge for Brad Treliving and the Calgary Flames. Well, it's not a challenge. He's your assistant GM. Yeah, he, he's, he's obviously, um, his wife, Kelsey, went public. Um, we found, we, he was diagnosed back in June, just before the draft. And, you know, obviously, it had gone through several months of how we, we being them, wanted um, go public with it, and you know, the heartbreaking news is when you're when you're told you're diagnosed with ALS. But the good news is is just that is he's he's was approved for experimental treatment, um, which has shown you know touch wood that the the disease has not progressed from where it really started, which is in his right right arm, right elbow to forearm, and so. Um, we're hopeful that that's, as, as Kelsey and Chris say, they're, they're here to make a miracle. Um, and, you know, they came out in December and, and went public with um, the diagnosis. And then last, I think it was last weekend, that Hockey Night in Canada did a story on them. And um, we're doing some fundraising. And really the, the, the reason for going public is just, as Chris says, it's not an incurable disease. It's an underfunded disease so um, they're trying to we're trying to raise money and with the goal um, of finding a, a cure for this for this horrible disease but uh, just a wonderful family it's 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 attacked his family as you said Chris has lost not only his brother but um, some uncles and cousins to the disease and and uh, and so we're, we're right there in the fight with him Brad, I can honestly say it's always a pleasure, even when even when I get to argue with you a little yep. bit or prod you a little bit about things. And your glasses, they look fabulous. Right back at you. Simmer, you're looking good. <laughs> I don't know if you're on the... You like my Peaky Blinders lid? I was wearing this way before the show came out. I was going to say, that's yeah. exactly where it came from. No, no, I was wearing this first. You? Yeah. Well, you, you've always been a trendsetter. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, thank you, and uh, good luck moving forward, of course. Wish you nothing but the best. Thanks, Simmer. Good to see you. 
How about that? The Flames won their game in Toronto in a shootout by a score of 2-1. to one. If you enjoyed this podcast, there's at least seven more episodes coming. And I highly recommend checking out the weekly podcast effort from the Hockey News' outstanding editorial staff, also at thehockeynews.com. It features expert analysis and more in-depth NHL coverage from some combination of Ken Campbell, Matt Larkin, and or Ryan Kennedy. You can subscribe to all of the THN podcasts on your podcast app or at thehockeynews.com, where you can also subscribe to the print and digital editions of the Bible of Hockey. Check out all the content and subscription opportunities on the website. I'm Rob Simpson, and this has been Simmer's Morning Skate for the Hockey News. Enjoy the hockey action.